So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui with a quick commercial break with one of our newest sponsors. I'm super excited to be partnering with these guys. Does 15 to 20% ROI investing in turnkey rentals sound attractive? Did you know you can use the Burr strategy with new construction that has immediate equity already? You guys have heard me talk about stuff like this. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence out of state. If single family, multifamily, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets that maximize cash flow, appreciation, and equity. Renter Retirement assists investors in learning how to build a comprehensive business plan with the best investment and tax strategies to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and system in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or call 1-800-311-6781. That's 800-311-6781 to learn about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. You know, and if you guys want to learn more about Zach, episode 1025, we dig in for a good 45 minute interview where he tells you the secrets to investing in real estate out of state. And him and I shared a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You'll get to hear a lot about his company and his business. You know, if you're an agent from out of state and you've got referrals looking for stuff, they work with other agents on a referral basis. And we've talked so much since COVID hit that everybody needs to have a backup plan, right? Every one of you agents needs to have a backup plan. You should all be investing in real estate. And if you're having trouble finding the time and the team to do it, maybe something like rent to retirement is the solution for you. So thank you for listening. Go check them out. Now back to the rest of our podcast. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Can you believe that it is already March? We're in our last month of the first quarter. If you had big goals for the first quarter of 2022, now is go time. Now you get to start looking at that list, look at the things that you've got another four weeks to finish and really put on the gas. Today is one of those episodes where we go through in about 30 to 45 minutes and we pick the best spots out of all the podcast interviews that we did in the month of February. So that way you can figure out if there's something that you missed, maybe you listened to it before and now you're hearing that best tip again, or you're gonna figure out a podcast you wanna go listen to uh, the whole way through. So first up, we had episode 1019, play the long game and win more deals with Elliot Hoyt. We first interviewed Elliot Hoyt on the 30 under 30 last year. I've had him on a couple times since then and this was a great one as he was kind of announcing his big growth and his new office. Here's a few minutes with Elliot Hoyt. How did you pick the right team members? You know, if somebody's ready to, to bring people on, was there any strategy in that? What advice would you give to somebody that says, all right, I'm ready to go from being on a team to starting a team, or I'm ready to go from solo to having team members? What was, what was that first step like? What advice do you give? The most important thing is having people that um, share, share your values who are good people. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to have the same core beliefs as far as, you know, politics or, 
or whatever it happens to be. It's about people that, that align with your beliefs and what you want to do in life. Um, and, and for me, that is you know, treating people right and having fun while doing it you know, at, at a very surface level. But um, I just have good people around me. And the way I went about it was, obviously, when you interview, when you're looking to bring people onto your team or to your brokerage, you have to look at the, the business side. Um, what skills do they have and how much money can they potentially bring in, revenue, sales, whatever it happens to be. But I've always been of the mindset and will continue to be, you should never put the money before the quality of the person. Um, money, money can do some weird things to people um, and it can make people make weird decisions which can affect the dynamics of your team. So while obviously everyone comes to work to make money, the biggest thing is having good quality people. So whenever I have hired and I'm looking to hire, um, I definitely put a lot of weight in, is this a good person? Do they share the values? Because when times are tough and you have to work stuff out, if you can't communicate and the person isn't really vibing with you, it's very easy to kind of fall out of synergy and have issues that you, 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 you are hard to, to work through. Um, I've had, I'll give, I mean, I'll give you a couple, a couple of examples, right? an, an example been recently been hiring for a marketing director, um, had over 40 applicants and took a while to get through them, had some interviews. Um, and there was, there's, there's been, there was one candidate in particular that, that probably ticked all the skills boxes, all the skills boxes, but I definitely had questions about their character and they probably could have brought in several million dollars more of production just based on their ability to market and do things but they had a very questionable character. And I decided to pass up on that because it's not worth compromising in my head money for something that's going well. Um, and when I say going well, there's more things to a business and a team going well than just a production. It definitely is how you interact with your people. So that's the biggest thing I say is the quality of the person is the most important thing. And you have to look for that. And only you know what that looks like, Aaron. It's not like there's a, a book or a manual for it. We all have different beliefs and we all have different ways of doing things. But they have to definitely jive with the ethos you're trying to push out as a, a team, business, or brokerage. Yeah. yeah. What's something you wish you knew about real estate when you first started that you know now? I could, probably write a, I could probably write a book. I could probably write a book on the things that I know now that I wish I'd known before. But I think the biggest one is the, the, the patience. I'm trying to think of a word this where it makes sense. I think it's, it's, a, it's a long-term deal, right? It's a long-term deal. For, for any agent that does, you know, mainly kind of resale, that's not, you know, on necessarily the new construction side of stuff, which is we do a lot of, of resale, um, is the patience that this this career needs. And I have to remind myself every day, even though I technically know it, I wish I'd known it in the beginning because I think I spent a lot of time talking myself out of opportunities um, in the beginning because I, I was looking for instant results. I was like, I need to just get a deal done this week or next week or whatever. And a lot of that's a byproduct of you kind of need money because in the beginning it can be tough. But I wish I had known that it, it's about the long term because I probably wouldn't, I would have acted more on things and planted more seeds in the beginning. And I also would have been so hard to push people to make, uh, to, to make contact with me or talk about real estate in some, some regards, because I needed to know, hey, it takes time. You have to kind of earn the right um, to nurture these contacts and these people and these transactions, because everything takes time and takes patience. There's very seldom overnight deals that happen in, in real estate, at least on a regular basis. Everything, in my experience, needs to be tailored towards the long term. So I wish I'd known that things are long-term for the most part and it takes patience. I wish I'd known those things. All right. If you like that one, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1019. Next up, episode 1020 from avid listener to team owner. This is one of my favorite podcasts of the month, Courtney Hatfield's success story. 
So Courtney and I had a great chat about how she was able to grow her business. And one of the most exciting kind of you know, marks we got out of that that we got to put all over social media was she talked about when she was first going, when she was driving to go take her, her license test, she said, someday I'm gonna get on that podcast. And she came on and she brought so much value for so many listeners. Here's a few minutes of that one. How did you become a team leader? Right, like as you as you got into that process, because it yeah. was because you kind of spoke about when you when you changed brokerages, mm -hmm. it sounded like a quick process to that. Was it a quick process, or and what's it like to what's what's it like to be a leader? It was a quick process. I joined McDowell, and honestly, I just found a, a place that I can call home. Very supportive, and just get give enormous opportunity. So that bro my brokerage is located in Cleveland, which is about 40 ish miles up north from where I am. And I would make the commute every single day to go up to Cleveland. And I went to my brokers one day and I said, you know what, I could really use an office down in Akron. And I was like, just it doesn't have to be it could be a cubicle. Like, I don't care what it is. I just need a, a, anything. And we came they came down, they toured a bunch of different buildings. And we ended up getting one and they didn't just rent it for me, they bought it for me. So when I say that they support, they really do. And so when that happened, I was like, you know what, I can have a team here. I've always had that entrepreneurial mindset. Um, I work better with people, not for people. So that's the atmosphere that I wanted. And I've grown my team very organically. People have come to me and asked and that I really like. I have a good group of girls that work for me. With that's me, that's an me. incredible ownership, right? Like some incredible owners, incredible people to work for that they saw, they saw something in you that said, let's invest big and let's see how, you know, what yeah. Courtney can do, right? Yeah. That worked as two things. They gave you space to be able to grow and also the design, like then you, yeah. then you wanted to grow like for them and with them and for yourself. hundred percent. I was like, I can never, I've never had that amount of support in a career choice of mine. And we have this beautiful office building. We're on a lake in Akron. I'm staring at the water right now as we speak. It's just, I couldn't be where I am without them. And it's so important to find a brokerage that supports you. Yeah. One challenge I think people have with social media is they get worried that it's, they get deeper and deeper into social media. They can't actually do work anymore. Right. Like it's almost like it's, it's tough to actually get work done. Yeah. If they're so deep in social media and you have a bunch of checklists there. Do you like time block it? Do you do it once a day? Do you do it lots of times throughout the day? How do you like, how can you, cause it sounds like you're doing a great job. I'm looking at your social media, seeing that interaction. Mm -hmm. I think you're crushing that. How do you make sure that you, uh, that you don't live inside there? It definitely can be hard. Because, yeah. you know, social media is like a, a vortex. You get sucked in. It's a time. It's like I, get, I get caught up in there uh, oh myself my and I know that, I'm, and I'm like the ultimate, like yeah. when I'm coaching people, like, no, like don't, don't have distractions, like focus, you'll get a bunch done. But I love getting sucked into the vortex too. I'm just as guilty. Of it's it. hard. It's re it really is hard. Uh, one thing I do plan out my posts a lot and I, on the top of my Google calendar every day, I have like post a quote post a photo. And it just reminds me, okay, hop on. It's set for five 30 every morning, hop on, post it and then hop back off. Yeah. I do spend a good amount of time in my Instagram stories, just documenting what I'm doing throughout the day. That to me needs to happen every single day. People want to see what you're up to. They wanna see the houses you're going through. It doesn't need to be a post. It doesn't need to be the pressure to be the perfect post, but just if you go out to eat somewhere, tag the location. 
let people know you're a market expert in your neighborhood. You just had an amazing bowl of soup over here. You know, there's so many different ways you can use it. You just have to really be diligent. Okay, and if you liked that one, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1020. Next up, episode 1021, Pivot to Profit, Succeeding in San Francisco's Shifting Market with Brian Tran. This is a really interesting conversation because San Francisco has had so much up and down over the past two years. And Brian also gave me a tip about how they're mass producing yellow letters as one of their big ways to get leads and how successful it is. We took that, if you wanna go see the example of it, go check out the video on my Instagram of how easy it was for us to take that tip he gave us and turn it into action. And we sent out hundreds and hundreds of letters this last week doing just that. Here's a few minutes of episode 1021. I've heard all sorts of stories of it picking back up. And San Francisco is also a big place and so it's different from the city. What's it like right now? And it, like, if you could summarize like the last year, year and a half there, has there been some downs and some ups? Has there been mostly ups? What's the story? I got to say, I've been lucky. I joined, I got into the market 2013. It's been nothing but up, 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 up. Right? I wrote the way. Time to start. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, gosh, everything's selling. Every, everything's good. Uh, COVID happens. San Francisco shuts down. There's been, there was one month where nothing happened. And then the other months, uh, it started to get better, but it got better for the single family markets. I focused predominantly in the condo market. I sold luxury high rises and it just tanked and it tanked uh, for all of 2020, most of 2021. It's still kind of bad now. That's kind of the, the general gist. We still have a lack of inventory right now. I just went over with my team. Sales are down because there's just no inventory. And if you have a single family right now, it's flying off the, the shelf. I mean, 30, 40 disclosure packages out, seven to eight very strong offers. So it's a great time to be a listing agent for single family. But I also still have some condo listings that I'm not getting any calls on. So it's definitely a balance. And you have to make sure that your business is um, well-rounded now to make sure you withstand it you know, this, uh, this crazy cycle that we're in. Yeah. I mean, you transitioned from being an agent to like, so I think a team leader, and now you own your own, your own brokerage office. You've just got your own boutique brokerage. Tell us about that transition, you know, as, as you've been from being just Brian to like having your own brokerage. So the main thing is it's great being a realtor. It's great being an individual agent. You make more, sometimes it's less headaches, but it's hard to scale. Until it's hard to walk away. So I had my son three years ago. And so it was planned. So we, we knew what we were getting into. And I remember the year, July, 2017 was like that, that time in your career where you're like, damn it, I made it. Like, it's easy. Like, this is like, you're no longer worried. You know what I mean? Like as a new agent, you're like, where's my next paycheck? You know, am I going to make it? Totally. You have six deals your first year. Like you never know, like, am I going to do four? Am I going to do six? It's a big difference. Yeah. And now, like 2017, you're doing deals. Yeah. And we were making a lot and I was like, dude, okay, we, we did it. But then I look back and then, you know, of course, tracking your schedule, tracking your, uh, where the leads come from, how much, how many hours you're actually working on your business and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I'm working kind of like around the clock. Uh, my wife hated it. I pick up every phone call. And so we were like, okay, uh, my business partner at the time, he, he kind of works the same way as I do. Just go, 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 pick up the phone. And so we sat there, we looked at it and said, okay, this, this, isn't, this isn't scalable. So I'm about to have a kid. He was getting married too. 
And so we're like, what's next? Like, we, we can't continue at this pace. We're probably going to burn out or, or just not be happy. We'll make all this money, but we're not going to be happy. So the next thing was just like, okay, let's grow a team, right? Like we can hand off some of the buyers. We'll still make, you know, 50 or 60%, depending on the deal, but we can scale, we can grow. And so we just kept that mindset. And now it just organically kind of just kept elevating. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. So there's a lot of agents that are listening. We try to figure out like what's, you know, what's one or two things that you think any agent could do right now to start growing their business. I'm so big on videos now. I'm, 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 tr I'm trying to do more. We brought on, 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 uh, I guess you could say like, he's our designated video guy for the yeah. team. It's free. Well, you know, granted you got to pay him a salary, but it's relatively free. It's cheaper than Zillow. It's cheaper than Realtor.com. And you can blast it out like so much. Like you reach so much more people. I mean, especially with Instagram Reels and TikToks right now, you're reaching thousands of people, even if your stuff isn't that good, you know? So I'm getting better at just producing more content. And the reason why also is because videos will continue to work for you even when you're sleeping, right? Like my videos are still getting views. My videos are still getting likes. Whereas let's say like a, a Google SEO ad, if I stop paying, it's gone. You know, I say, if you're a new agent and you're not doing videos, like you're losing out on a lot of opportunity, that's free. 
All right, and if you want to go hear the rest of Brian Tran's interview, go listen to the rest of 1021. Next up, we got 1022, the best way to win investors' business with Johnny Hong. When I transitioned over from the community representative to um, David, it was just really eye-opening and I loved it because it was my wheelhouse. Because the, the average client that would come to us would be people that have, let's say, 600K in liquidity. They'd rather uh, park it into real estate opposed to put it in the stock market or worse in the bank where inflation just eats up their money. And in this market, if you find a fourplex that's a million dollars, what the, let's say we're doing 25% down, so about 250K, uh, 250K for the down payment, plus closing costs are gonna be about 20K, then 30K for rehab, they're basically all in for 300K. And then from that point, we'll look for that fourplex that's let's say two bedroom, one bath each unit. So each of those two bedroom, one baths will rent out for about 2,500 a piece. And the gross revenue off those four units are 10K total. And if they wanted a more passive approach to it, then of course we'd get a property manager, which charges about 10%. We'll set aside another 10% for CapEx and reserves. So out of that 10K, the clients would see, uh, they, they would get about 8K in revenue. And off of the million dollar investment loan, their monthly payment would be right around that 5K mark. So 8K minus 5K. And that's them about 3K a month, which off their 300 is about 10% return. So being able to break that down for people and come up with a plan where we can help them buy a house every single year, depending on their liquidity, depending on how much the asset produces, was basically what I loved about this space. It, it, it's really what got me up in the morning to understand how to invest, to understand how to achieve financial freedom. And yeah, that's I think that's just the main like way we got so many um we help so many investors because these investors buy multiple houses with us a year like four or five houses that's great is there any key to somebody showing up of how to convert if somebody goes and starts their own meetup how to convert people that show up at a meetup to customers you have any kind of advice you would give on that yeah definitely i mean for me when people ask me about that question i always just tell them to ask the audience on what their goals are so I would say for a meetup specifically, um, you'd want to market it in a way that captures like all the house hackers or the captures that these type of investors. So just asking them the question of what they're trying to do and figuring out a plan to map it out for them. And with our meetup structures, what we like to do is have a presentation, of course, and have a presentation that represents our market well. So for if we're looking into like the San Jose market and our audience is mainly house hackers, we're definitely going to show them some live market data and some live listings to get them to understand that it can work in this market. It can work in this market now. So a little homework I would do before that is really just look at the deals in my local market, run the numbers and see what type of path we can take with this deal to provide value to the consumer whether that's going to be a rental property, whether that's going to be the average person that pays $2,500 in rent. And if they bought this house, they would pay $1,000 in rent. So I think understanding the inventory and the product and being able to figure out how you can um, convey that value to the consumer is going to be very important. So two key takeaways, I would say, is understanding the market and the inventory and what you can convey to the consumer about that. All right. And if you want to go hear more from Johnny Hong about how to work with investors, go back and listen to the rest of 1022. Next up, episode 1023. This was a fun thing. The one thing new real estate agents need to succeed by Andrew Perry. Andrew Perry's from Canada. 
he's got a huge kind of social media following as he grows real estate. And we had such a fun conversation. Here's a few minutes of that one. What's one thing that you wish like you would have known when you first started? Like you, so you've been in this for a while now, like yeah. and we, you've learned a lot. Like what's one thing you would tell yourself when you first started that maybe you thought would be easier or harder or anything? Uh, so the one thing that, you know, I, I wish I knew is that you're not walking into another sales job. You're not walking into a sales position. You are walking in as the business owner or the CEO of your own company, right? That was the biggest, biggest thing I think that, you know, hit me very, very hard, very early. It was to the point where, and you know, now that I'm seeing, and I'm also the director within our brokerage, so I'm also meeting all these new realtors. And it's so funny because I could see it. I mean, it's not funny, but I, I could see them going through the same turmoil that I went through where, you know, a couple of months in, and then you start calling your brokerage manager saying, Hey, do you guys got any work I can do around the office? Anything that, you know, you, you could pay me for and stuff like that. So it, it was very interesting. If somebody would have said what I tell people now, what is your number one job as a realtor? You asked me when I first started, I would have said servicing clients, uh, you know, um, you know, opening doors, finding properties. But no, the number one job of a realtor or any business owner is lead generation. You can't do any of that without lead generation. So the one thing I wish I would have known is that you are in complete control of your business and the lead gen is the first place you need to begin. Yeah. And so what I do, majority of the people on my team need to meet 20 new leads. Sorry, they need 20 new leads a month. So that tells us that to get 20 leads, you really should be talking to anywhere between 100 to 300 people a month because you know 20% conversion is actually pretty high. So it's probably going to be more around 5 to 11%. So if you talk to 150, 200, 300, you should be walking away with those uh, anywhere between you know 20 to, to 30 leads a month. So as you're reverse engineering, I love that. That is very actionable for, for our listeners, especially getting started if they don't have somebody guiding them in that process. Yeah. So they're going to talk to, to between 100 and 300 people to get 20 leads. Over time, like for every 20 leads, are you telling them, hey, that, that's going to get you a deal a month moving forward? Like after, after a certain amount of time of doing that, right. like how much value does a lead have if you're getting 20 months? So at any given time, you should have those, uh, those 20 new leads are just going to be refilling your pipeline. So you should be working with seven very active, urgent buyers and anywhere between 20 to 30 people who are on, you know, the three month, six month kind of hot sheets. I don't know what you call it there. You have them on your auto emails, stuff like that. And on top of that, you should be a meeting uh, with at least three sellers a week or at least some type of CMA. We call it a CMA here, comparative market analysis. So yeah. we can have some type of listing appointment. You know, we need at least three a week because at a conversion rate, especially in a small town where we're competing against people that have very large names and large marketing budgets, we need to meet as, with as many people as possible. So by these metrics, we should, each member of my team has a GCI goal. And if I did it on average, it's about $17,000 a month. So that's based on your work ethic, your previous KPI history, you should be hitting $17,000 a month based on those 20 new leads. 
All right, well, again, that was another one of my favorites. So if you like that as much as I do, you want to go hear the rest of that, go listen to 1023, The One Thing New Real Estate Agents Need to Succeed with Andrew Perry. All right, next up, episode 1024. On this one, we totally switched it up. So Stephanie Heiser, who was one of our guests that had the highest number of downloads last year, and she's the one putting together our mastermind in May, she asked if she could come on and interview me. So the, I'll be biased and say this will be my least favorite interview to listen to because I didn't get to learn much. I only got to talk. But here's a few minutes of Stephanie Heiser interviewing me. So what um, you mentioned that you own the foreclosure listing. You also have Lead Propeller. We always hear you advertising the hybrid agent investor Lead Propeller website. So how's all of that? Um, how did those things happen and come about? Did you like have a plan or you were just talking to someone in a room? Yeah, the world kind of puts the plan together. It's, uh, I love entrepreneurs. I love the entrepreneurship journey. I love people like deciding to be in control of their own destiny. Right. And, but part of the entrepreneur journey is a lot of kind of ups and downs. When I ended up buying the first foreclosure business, I'd reached out to them and said, Hey, I have this software. Uh, will you, you know, can I do something for you? I, I built a white label. I wanted to sell it to their customers and it ended up not working out. And I was like, and I remember thinking like, why did I go down that route? I didn't even have the money to build them the software. And then a couple years later when the owner passed away, uh, his wife reached out to me and said, Hey, he, um, would you be interested in buying the company? He really wanted you to have it. And I remember thinking, wow, like, Oh, that's why we do something. So it's part of the world and life's journey. Like I didn't, there was a time I wanted to have that. And then all, and then it kind of, um, you know, fell into my lap. The, and then as other things started processing, Rebus University was similar. It was right place at the right time. You know, getting to say, yes, I would love to be a part of the podcast. Lead Propeller was, was similar. So Danny Johnson, the founder of that, we'd started, you know, talking about different things and hanging out at, at different times. And he was ready to really focus on building out this other CRM that he was the most excited about. And, and he had gone back and forth because he wanted to sell it. It was also his baby and he didn't want to sell it. And then some of the universe, I remember the last call he gave me, he said, hey, I just picked up this book, Tribe of Millionaires. I saw there was a picture of you in the back of it. Um, and that was telling me that we needed to reopen these conversations. And, um, and I love Danny and what he's doing with, with uh, what he did with Lead Propeller before and what he's doing with his new Forefront uh, CRM. And so those are examples of it wasn't really by, by plan. It was by osmosis. But it was also by like creating big dreams, writing them on the board. There are certain places I want to get to in my life, certain things I want to be able to to do. And, you know, there's a lot of goals I had last year that came true that I felt like I didn't work toward them at all. And so I think just by, you know, having the mindset of what you want and sharing it with people and telling people about it, like getting to, uh, getting to buy a title company. Part of that was I kept telling people I want to own a title company. I want to own a title company. I was just, that was one of my goals. Then I, and I had a chance, somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, did you want a title company? I heard you want to buy a title company. Here's one. So a lot of the different things is about sharing goals with people. Oh, I want to do more software. I want to do more recurring revenue businesses. And um, if you tell people and you write down your goals, the opportunities will come about. Yeah, for sure. I think you're such a great example of how if you just put these things into the universe and just believe in yourself and trust the process, but also put the effort into putting yourself in positions where you can network and leverage other people's experiences as well, it can just propel you in ways you haven't ever even dreamed of. What advice do you have for agents who are 
getting successful. They're like peak level. They've paid off lots of debt. They're ready to take everything to the next level. What could we do to just level up fast? (laughs) Level up fast. I remember, yeah, the quick and easy way that doesn't exist. And my long, super long answer to that <laughs> is to go find people that you don't talk to every day that are doing stuff that you want to do and maybe other people that are in a place that you used to be. So by getting to help somebody that does less deals than you, you get to remember where you came from. You get to stay humble. And sometimes you get to remember the simple strategies that we forget when we get super successful. And sometimes when we're like, wait, it's not working quite like it was before, but somebody's new and you're reselling them, like, here's a strategy to use. You're like, oh my gosh, that's actually the strategy I should be using with this multi-million dollar listing that I've forgotten. Um, and then when you get to hang out with people that are doing more than you, you get to start to level it up and start to get an understanding of, whoa, there's so many people that have been messaging me lately. Like, I want to buy my first investment property. I don't know how to get started. Right. I want to buy my first thing. How do I get started? So by getting together in a mastermind, we get to speak openly for the first time. For the first time ever, you don't have to pull punches. You can say, I'm a nobody or I'm a somebody. You can say, this is what I do great and this is what I suck at and this is where I want to be in my life. And if your goal is I want to be president of the U.S., nobody laughs. Everybody goes, all right, here's the plan on how to get there. Right? Like here's, here's what you would look like if I was going to give you advice. And just from that, what we saw afterward too, I remember going to the first event thinking, that's really great, but I don't need to join the long-term membership. Right. But it had changed my mindset. And then two or three weeks later, sitting at home and going like, wow, I've implemented this, 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 and this, but I want more. I want more. And I want to, and the extra bonus with all that stuff is the relationships that you start to make where you start to have these important people in your life where you help. So the, what I, I mean, I would love to see all of our listeners come out to Austin, Texas in May uh, for our mastermind. That's obviously um, we wouldn't be able to fit you all in a room out there, but the, but we do have room for, for a lot of you guys uh, to come join us. But the, if you want to level up, you got to write down your goals on the board. This is where I want to be over the next year. You got to write down, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm not so good at. Write down what was your biggest success last year? And what was your biggest failure last year? And then what is the thing that you want to work on the most? And when you get to start to have those conversations with other people, you're going to start to see like, oh, you don't feel as bad about your biggest failures because you get to meet a whole lot of other people that are doing the same thing, right? And whether you do it in a mastermind setting or with two or three people where, where you are, you know, there's so many ways to do that. But just by sharing your goals and analyzing and starting to meet people you don't talk to right now, the people that you're hanging out with today will help you get to a certain level and the people that will help you get to the next level you haven't met yet. Because if you had met them, you'd already be at the next level. And people and networking is how you go from where you are today to somewhere that most people wouldn't recognize you. And even when I look back like a year or two ago, even where I was when I first took over the podcast, we wouldn't, my lifestyle is so much different today than it was then in just a couple short years. So they say that you should be embarrassed of who you were a year ago or of who you were two years ago. And if you're not, you're not growing fast enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. And if you missed that, you want to go hear more of that podcast from Broke to Blessed. Aaron Muchastegui talks goals, growth, and gratitude. Go listen to episode 1024 with me and Stephanie. All right, our last episode of February is from our new podcast sponsor. You're going to be hearing a lot of tips from them over the next couple months. This was episode 1025, How to Invest in Real Estate for the True Financial Freedom with Zach Lemaster. Being diversified, I think there's so many things. I think the biggest reason to be diversified, we can't even comprehend 
why we might need to be because you just never know the worst things that happen are ones that we could not have predicted and we're like oh man i'm sure glad i have another plan and sometimes you just get lucky i mean it's it's important to have investments in different areas because if you're in the path of progress maybe you enter into a market where you can still have affordability and cash flow but over the next five to ten years that market dramatically grows and you you kind of ride that appreciation wave um, but you're still having a cash flowing investment property. I mean, it's it's just important, I think, to have a little bit of diversity just to take advantage of, of some of the market cycles and shifts that, what as you mentioned, we can't even predict. When we evaluate a market that we want to enter into, we, we run a lot of census and statistical analysis to determine what is a good market. We want areas that, as you mentioned, are landlord-friendly legislation. It's very challenging. There's... as you talked about with some, and we're not city naming right now or city shaming, but uh, there's certain areas where, shoot, if a tenant wants to stay in that property and just squat, you you can't evict them. And it's an uphill battle. And, uh, you know, they could be there. We've heard these horror stories of tenants squatting in properties for over a year, not being able to evict them, not being able to pursue them for for damages or or do rent, rent caps, as, as you mentioned. I think Oregon was the first state that had a statewide rent cap in imposed. And so there's a lot of things to be conscious of. We want to be in areas that are in the path of progress and have population and economic growth. You got to look at the sustainability of the market. So we look at areas that have a diversity of industries and economies, look at areas where the Fortune 500 companies are coming in to develop jobs, transportation. Those are all things that are important. We always attend the city planning meetings um, that are for each one of these locations. You also got to look at the, the cash flow numbers and what is the what is the affordability of the market. I think it's really a good idea to be investing in areas that are below the median house price point nationally and also on a microeconomic scale for those specific areas. And then you compare that to the rent rent values in those areas. So anytime you can have uh, an affordable market that you can still cash flow, I mean, that's fundamental real estate investing 101 to set yourself up for success long term. And then you also look at things like taxes, real estate taxes, also state income taxes are important to consider. So those are all things that we look at when evaluating a market. Dude, that is a it's just a great list. We need to take that list and be able to put it on some of our like our social media memes and messages that we send out. You're saying before you go into a place, you're going to make sure it's landlord friendly. You're going to make sure they have population growth. They're in the path of progress. It's a place the Fortune 500 would want to be uh, that you can get cash flow, affordability prices below the median price nationwide. You know, tax friendly states. Those are a lot of good things. Like some that's those are questions somebody asks. How can I choose another city? Right? Zach just gave you guys a big list of things that you can look for uh, yourselves as you're going out there. To say, how can I choose the right place? What's one thing that you wish you would have known when you first started that maybe would have made part of that road a little bit easier? I would say, if looking back hindsight, I just. And this would probably be true for a lot of people. I wish I would have got started sooner and been more aggressive earlier on in building my portfolio because time is on your side. Time can be against you for not taking action or it can be on your side. Every single year that you own a property, the property is appreciating over time, regardless of short-term fluctuations, the debt's being paid down on it. You get those tax benefits, rent's going up over time. We didn't really talk about inflation too much, but that's a point that I always think about, especially right now as we're having so much inflation and we're likely to over the next few years. Inflation can be a tool. If you are invested in an a-, a hard asset like real estate, inflation causes rents to increase over time. It causes the house price to go up versus, and you're using leverage, which then is devalued. You know, the money that you're borrowing today is paid back with future dollars. So, I mean, inflation can be a tool when you're taking out debt and using real estate as an asset. Yeah. 
And that, you know, that thing you said about inflation too, for everybody, like the biggest protection is right now, there's a lot of inflation going on. We're talking about more. The biggest protection you have is rental properties because rent goes way up. I had a tenant this month that we, the rate, the rent, the rent raised 30% year over year because of what's happening in that market with inflation. And it's still below market. We were still giving a discount by raising it 30%, but the mortgage was exactly the same. So rent went up $300 a month. Mortgage is still $700 a month. Right. It went, you know, it went from 1200 to 1500. Mortgage is still 700. It's the ultimate hedge against inflation. This has been really exciting, you know. And, and for listeners, I reached out to Zach and asked Zach to kind of join on as, as one of our partners and one of our sponsors because you guys have heard me over the last year saying how important it is to start investing in real estate. And I think that it's really awesome how big of a portfolio Zach has been able to build for himself and build for others and really made such a quick way and an easy way for people that, that want to do it but are maybe too busy in their real estate business as it stands, or they want to do it and they need some help along there. If you want to do it on your own, Zach taught you guys all sorts of ways today of ways to look when you're considering investing out of state, how to go find those best places. But if you want to jumpstart that, I encourage you to go reach out to Zach and learn some more. Zach, what's the best way they can find you, reach out if they want to hear more about your markets or send their referrals your way? You know, what's, what's the best way for, for reaching out? Absolutely. Feel free to visit our website. It's rentretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. They can call 1-800-311-6781. Email info at rentretirement.com. I and mean, we'd love to connect with anyone. We love just talking real estate, talking taxes, you know, giving some market advice if someone's looking, whether they're looking to invest with us or not. You know, all, of, all of our team are real estate professionals and have been successful investors that are past, passionate about real estate. So, I mean, we're happy to speak with anyone just about their investment goals, different markets. The first thing we want to do is set up a consultation with anyone that's wanting to work with us to go through and kind of map out an initial plan. So, yeah, we'd we'd be happy to speak with anyone. All right. And I recommend you guys, if you missed that one, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1025 with Zach. He talks about investing. He talks about why to invest out of state. He talks about how to build a team. He talks about his business, Rent to Retirement, which is our new sponsor. And if you're just trying to jumpstart into investing in real estate, go check out his company. They take a lot of the thinking out of it. They do it for you. So if you're having trouble jumping in right away, I would go check them out. So that was the end of February. So really, really exciting stuff uh, going on in 2022 for all of us. The And you, know, you guys have also heard from you know our social media and our advertising on here. We still have some tickets left for our mastermind in May. Mastermind is May 18th and 19th in Austin, Texas. We're going to probably limit it to around 50 people. We're going to be sitting in a room. We've got some awesome speakers like Hal Elrod and David Osborne. A lot of the people that we've interviewed and that you guys have, have voted as your best. We have a lot of people I've interviewed coming as guests to come participate. But this mastermind setting is going to be great. We're going to be going shoulder to shoulder, going over goals and how people are going to just crush uh, the rest of the year and figure out how they're really, really going to grow their business or grow their personal life or whatever that next level goal is. We're going to help them get there. So as always, real estate rock stars, happy March now. Thanks for listening to the best of February episode. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. 
They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.